are going to be concluding a series today called CORE. Uh, and what, what does this mean? What were we talking about the whole time? Uh, what's so important for us in the middle of this series called CORE is for us to help you understand what we're about as the foundry. You know, we believe that we are uniquely placed here in this town, in Morgantown, for a reason. And we feel like God has given us some convictions that we want to see happen. So go back and, and check out our past podcast or Facebook. You can see our live streams and catch up on all those if you didn't get those yet. But today we are going to land on family. Say family. Man, what kind of, what kind of ideas pop in your mind when you hear family, okay? I don't know about you, but man, I got like stories that pop into my head, like going back to family vacations. Anybody remember your family vacations? Maybe you didn't have one. I remember one when I was a kid that was so much fun. We went down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Anybody ever been to Gatlinburg? Oh, this was a great time, okay? Let me tell you, this, this, this vacation was so great because we had a family of four riding in a pickup truck with three seat belts. Hashtag Myers Family Values, okay? And I remember as a kid, this truck had vinyl flooring on it, no carpet on the floor. So where did this fourth person get to ride? On the hump, okay? And not the hump of the seat, the hump of the floor. And I remember the transmission getting hot and that temperature just permeating through the metal and through the vinyl and on my skin. It wasn't that bad. But I just remember, but the greatest memory that I had uh, when we went down to Gatlinburg, Tennessee as a family was when we went to these, these slides that were there. They had these slides, a water park. Does anybody remember this for real? I hear yeses, okay? But uh, this, this was unique. They were made out of cement, okay? Because that's what we did back in the day. We made it to last, all right? And um, I remember one specifically, uh, one ride down that, that, that slide was with Big John Myers, my dad, big guy. I, he was bigger than me, okay? And I remember they gave you just this little, this little foam pad that you would ride down on. Okay, Big John, small foam pad, not good, okay? Uh, so not good that as Big John went down, that's my father again, as he went down the slide, you could hear him all the way down, it was really fun. Uh, as he went down the slide, you heard a, a louder yell, not like, yay, more like, ah, kind of thing, okay? And that kind of changed the atmosphere, all right? Because he gets to the bottom, um, and really the, the, the little foam mat gets there first, if you know what I'm saying. And um, because it goes faster uh, when it floats on top of water and when he, you know, grinds on top of water and cement. So Big John comes back, the woolly mammoth himself, with half of his hair missing on his back. Oh, it, it, was, it was hilarious. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, right, y'all, okay, all right, all right, y'all gonna walk back. You know, that would be something he would say all the way back to Virginia. But family, when we think about family, we get all kinds of thoughts in our minds. We get all kinds of things. And you know me, I like to define things as much as possible because for me, definitions can slip quickly. The basic unit in society traditionally consisting of two parents rearing their children, okay? And sometimes that takes a little more rearing, if you know what I'm saying, all right? But hey, also a group of persons with a common ancestry. We can, we can look at that, you know, a common ancestry. We already have a common ancestry that we all walked into this building if you date back just a couple minutes, okay? But if we go back further, we basically have a common ancestry. But also a group of people united by certain convictions or common affiliation. Another word for that is fellowship. See, at the Foundry, we desire to be family. That's our goal, is to be family. And for us, it's important that we carry certain convictions and a common affiliation with the kingdom of God. 
that Jesus came to build. Today, I want to briefly uh, kind of get you into the life of someone that I think uh, wrote some wonderful things within Scripture that we know in the New Testament. And his name is John. He authored the Gospel of John. You know that, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and Revelation as well. But he's what is known to be one of the sons of thunder. Don't you think this guy had to be cool? I picture him as like a WWF. I go back to F versus E, okay? I'm in the Federation, all right? And I remember, you know, I, I picture him like Hacksaw Jim Duggan, you know, and then boom, sons of thunder, okay? So that's what he was known as, one of the sons of thunder. These guys were always ready to cause a ruckus. Um, but he was also known as the beloved. So you can tell this guy had a lot of passion in life. That's what we call it, passion. He had passion, okay? Um, and I want us to go to, to something that I think is very important for us to understand in First John, uh, something that binds us together and understanding that's important, that we have God as our Father. And I love this. A lot of times we forget because when, when you don't know who your Father is, you can really question your identity your whole life. And this is a reality for many folk. When we think of family, when we think of father, when we think of mother, but especially father, depending upon what that relationship looked like here, it's kind of hard to make the connection to there, okay? And I completely understand that, all right? Maybe not as well as you do. But when we think about this thing, this understanding as God our Father, we see 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. This is our common affiliation. This is our common ground, that we are all children of God, co-heirs with Christ, Jesus, our brother in that way. Can you picture that? Him coming to earth, that, that earthly example of the relationship between us and God. That we get the opportunity to be called children of God. So we go back to this place that I think is very important where we see Jesus interacting with folk that we know well. Maybe if you've read the New Testament, all his disciples is what they were called. We see Jesus at the dinner table, if you will. I don't know about you guys, but as a family, we love to get around the dinner table. It's so much fun. And you may think back to some of the best times and the worst times around the dinner table. It was the time that that weird aunt came, okay, to the meal. Nobody invited her, but she came, all right? And, and Thanksgiving got really unthankful, okay? You know what I mean by this? Or it's the time when you hang out with your family, and you have a great time laughing, talking. That's what we try to do in our house. Jesus with his disciples, the guys that he's saying, look, I'm going to build my church. I want you to help start this thing, okay, this, this church thing that we're talking about. We see him sitting there at the table with them, and we hear some of the conversation before and after. John 13, 1 through 17. Just tune in with me as I read through this, and I'm going to share just a couple things. And then, let's get married. Okay, meet me at the... Okay, I didn't know if y'all could finish it. Okay. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. He knew that he had to, to, to yes, come to this world, but die, be resurrected. And, and listen, let me just say, anybody that can predict their death and resurrection, and it happens, probably a valuable source. That's what Andy Stanley talks about. I love it. I would probably listen to them, okay? They probably have something to say that's very important that we want to tune into, okay? So he's about to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. I love that. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas. You guys probably heard his name before. The, the son of Simon Iscariot to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. This is one of the most important situations that we ever see unfold between Jesus and his disciples. I think it's so important that we want to talk about it today. After that, 
He poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. Can you say yuck? There are probably no feet people in here that would love washing someone else's feet, especially when everybody wore sandals everywhere, and especially when the animals walked the same path that you walked, which means you stepped in the same things that the animals. Let's just go there, okay? We'll leave it at that. But Jesus says, I'm going to wash my disciples' feet. So he washes their feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him because he takes on this role of servant here. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you not realize what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. This is in true Simon Peter fashion. He gets all boisterous and gets excited and be like, no, Jesus, no. He's like the theatrical thespian of the group. You know what I mean? He's that guy, okay? Um, he says, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Can you picture him getting excited? Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew he, who was going to betray him. He was talking about Judas. And was why he, that is why he said that everyone was not clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Why is this so important? There's some things in here that I think we need to really understand before we get into a marriage ceremony that's important when it comes to the family. We see Jesus setting the example of some very important things of how he responds to life in this moment. So what I want to do is tell you what the family of God should look like by way of the example of the son, Jesus. Okay? So we'll take just a few minutes and then marriage time. So we see the example of Christ. And I think this is so important. The first thing, we see the example of Christ and all that he did and all that he was by the way he included, by his inclusiveness. You see that in John 13, 1. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. What does that mean? See, the disciples were a, a group of ragtag folk that nobody else would choose to be leaders within society. But yet Jesus said, these are my kind of people. It's not the ones that were prolific at quoting the old law and the scripture from ago. No, these are the kind of people that I can do something with for the future. So what did Jesus do? He included these type of folk in on the journey that was to come. The second thing, again, I'm sharing these briefly. In his servant's heart, we see it. John 13, 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. I already alluded to that just a moment. Can you imagine washing dung off of somebody's feet? Anybody? No, we take that outside with the hose and spray it off, right? And here Jesus is taking off his clothing of honor and putting on his clothing of what a servant would wear, wrapping the towel around his waist, getting down there. Can you picture it? Getting down there, getting in between. <laughs> okay, we're stopping there. A servant, a servant getting down on his feet, showing these guys, listen, this lesson's going to go way beyond this meal we're having together. Jesus ate with us. Did you know that the Jewish folk, when they ate, they ate with their hands too? Oh, okay, I just, sorry. Servant. 
It was intense because he was setting the stage for what their heart should be like moving forward. John 13, 6 through 7, we see his, in, in his forgiveness. Because he came to Simon Peter and said to, him, said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Remember, he talks later in Scripture about Simon Peter would be the one who would deny him. What did Simon Peter do? Denied him. What did Jesus do? Forgave him. I don't know about you guys, if you've ever had someone sell out on you before, it's not real easy to forgive them, is it? You had someone hurt your feelings before? Have someone tell you one thing and then they go do the exact opposite? How excited are you to see them the next day? It's joy overwhelming. You're like, oh, you broke my heart. Please, can I get you coffee? You know, oh, you devastated my future and my dreams. Um, Let's be friends forever, you know? But yet Jesus, again, choosing these types of folks to be around, showed what forgiveness should look like by the way he reinstated Peter back into this role later in life after he denied Jesus. Another way we see this is in his redemption. John 13, 14 through 15. This is what it's about for us today. This is all, you know, this, this message also tying in with a ceremony that we're about to see happen before you with a marriage. This is about redemption. John 13, 14 through 15. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example, right, that you should do as I have done for you. Jesus was setting the example. Has anybody ever given God a high five? The other day I was at the grind. Jesus walks in. I'm like, Jesus? He's like, Justin, what's up? No. I mean, coffee's Jesus' juice, but I mean, no. Didn't happen, Captain. The greatest representation of redemption that we have on this earth is each other. Think about that. And the only way we're able to do that because of what Jesus did on the cross. We are able to to show others what redemption looks like by the way that we reinstate them after they've broken our hearts, by the way that we have gone the distance for them as well. Redemption. We see this because how Jesus, read further on, guys, how Jesus responds with a redemptive, loving heart. We see John 13, 17. Jesus says this, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Responds. Our response has to be, you know, someone that goes out and does what we've been challenged to do by the example of Christ. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Does that mean you run up and down High Street? May I please wash your feet, sir? Your feet look a little dirty. Can I clean them? You just hobble down. You know, hunchback of Notre Dame just made it in, okay? Is, is that what that looks like? Mm-mm. Not necessarily. Unless you're led to do that, it's a little different, but that's okay. Jesus did it. Being a servant, putting others before yourselves, looking at their needs above yours. He says, this is the stuff that I need you to do. This is what I want the family to look like. Can you imagine in your family, your, your literal physical family, you may have come from brokenness, you may have come from divorce, you may have come from you know, drug abuse, you may have come from you know, sexual abuse, you may have come from all kinds of things in your family. Can you imagine if our common desire was to honor one another in our family, what that would look like? Imagine if we put their needs above ours. Because we do that in our house. We try to until selfishness kicks in, right? But I can tell Kara, she's been, you know, a lot going on lately. So my my thing is, how can I help you? She sees it in my life. There's a lot going on sometimes. How can I help you? Because when we help each other, everything works out. 
And imagine if we did that, if we did, if we do, if we did, if there was action to what Jesus has given us here. What do we end with? We end with this. John 13, 34 through 35, at the end of that chapter. I love how simplistic Jesus was and is. He tried to boil down hundreds of laws that had been created by man and even 10 that had been given by God to make it easy for us to live the life we're called to live. How many of you guys like easy directions? I love easy directions. I don't like complex directions. I like easy directions. So Jesus says, you know, love the Lord your God with everything in you, basically, and love your neighbors yourself. Then he says, hold on, a new command. I'm going to give you something brand new, hot off the press, hot from the heart. He says this. He says, this command I give you, love one another. We're going to celebrate love. We're going to celebrate love here in just a few moments, and I think it's great. To celebrate love, he says, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Love. I don't agree with them. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. Our flower girl's getting ready. Oh, this is exciting. It's a real wedding. (gasps) This is the joy of ministry. Things like this. Where we get to love one another and build each other up. Where we get to witness the beauty of God's redemptive love. Where we get to see firsthand what it looks like for someone to say, well, I was blind, but now I see. To someone to share their healing experience that they've had through Jesus. And today, we get to do that. I'm excited for it. This, this is really, I've never done this before. Has anybody else ever done this before? Anybody else, any pastors ever done this before? Oh, okay. There's no pastors. Okay. Okay. All right. So just me. Um, so today... We're going to see what love looks like in real life. Are you guys ready? This is how we're going to conclude this day. So, all right, give us a second just for logistics. And I want you, I want you to ready your hearts for one of the coolest things that's ever going to happen in a church service that you'll ever be a part of, okay? So what we're going to do, all right, don't get too crazy. Don't, get too, don't move around too much. But what we're going to do is, is we're going we're gonna to cue some music in a moment that's going to be the music for the flower girl to come down the aisle. Is that cool or what? Real wedding, okay? Hashtag real wedding. All right. And then after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Feebalicious down the aisle to her future Hunley husband, okay? And then we're going to do the ceremony. Does that sound cool? I always like to tell people where we're going so you know what's happening so you don't get freaked out, okay? What do I do with my hands? What, nothing. You don't have to do anything with your hands. You have nothing to do with your hands unless you're Italian, all right? So, all right. All right, so are you guys ready for a wedding? I know the family's ready, okay? I know the family extended. All right. This is the stinking joy of my heart, getting to see redemption played out live, okay? Uh, I'm I'm so excited about this, and I'm going to try to hold it back, but it's going to be good because you know we keep it real at the foundry, okay? Are you guys ready for this? You sure? Okay, all right, so we're going to do it. Troy, are you ready, buddy? You feeling good? You feeling good? I got you covered like a Snuggie, all right? All right, just call me Snuggalicious. Let me turn this on. So we're just, it's just logistics stuff, just logistics. We tell you when it's happening so you don't have to worry and get freaked out and what I do with my hands, okay? All right, are you ready? 
Troy, are you ready? Sound team, are you ready? Almost there. I see that finger, and it's a good one. It's this one. Okay. All right. It's this way, too. It's not turned or pointed. It's three. Are we right? I think we're good. Are we good? Are we good? You give me the, is that a thumbs up? Okay. I'm going to walk out. Coming for you, feeds. it's a real wedding when you see Doc Martens. <laughs> Yellow stripes make the world go round. Oh, guys, you may be seated. Ah. You excited? Yes! Oh, I can't stand it. I'm so excited. All right, let me get you guys to, to come together, hold hands, and look at each other. All right, look at this. You pumped? I'll just breathe in real quick. You ready? Through your nose out through your mouth. Okay. Brian and Phoebe, welcome to your day. Way back in the beginning of the book of Genesis chapter 2, God in his heart had to, this idea to create man in his image. However, God saw that man should not be alone. Hello. Come on. So God then had in his heart and mind to step up his game and make from woman, excuse me, from man, the woe man, okay? So that he would not be alone and that man would have a helper someone to walk with and journey together in this crazy thing called life. Brian and Phoebe, God has made you one for another. The Apostle Paul spoke of a love that is patient and kind, that is slow to anger and is not proud or self-seeking. He spoke of a love that always protects, that is trusted and has hope, and most importantly, a love that perseveres. Brian and Phoebe, you have that kind of love. It's been a distinct pleasure of mine to walk with you guys over this last little over a year whirlwind to see what God has done in your life, this journey. You know, I love you guys both dearly and are excited to see what the future holds and what God has for you as you become one. Today, you get to become one. So today, I challenge you guys to keep God between you, mutually love one another with everything that is in you, right? 
and love each other more than yourself. And if I can promise you that you will have peace and harmony if you do that. So at this time, are you nervous? Okay. At this time, Brian and Phoebe would like to share some thoughts with you guys before they do their I do's up here. Does that sound good? Who wants to go first? I think it's, it's probably hot. Is it more? Try to talk. Can you hear me? Yeah, you can hear me without even moving it. There you go. All right. Face down. So, um, so people that do know me... You know, like how much, uh, like I've been through, so, like, uh, I was a heroin addict for like 17 years. I've been in jail and prison, and I've lived on the street, and uh, I'm just, you know, but it's cool, because like, I serve a God that restores things. Mm. Come on. And uh, it's just so cool, like, how he's uh, completely, like, giving me my life back and, and blessed us even more than that, you know. And it's not even, like, it's not even material things either. Like, that's not even, like, close to that. Just the relationship we have with God and the peace now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, I was also a heroin addict, um, homeless. My life was in pieces. Um, I didn't have my son, uh, my family. Um, and I was recently saved, so like a year ago in August. Um, when I asked Jesus to come into my heart, like, there was a change that took place. Like, I didn't live for myself anymore. Mm. Like, there's a psalm about him. I was near to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. Mm. And like, I couldn't get myself together. I couldn't do it. No one else could do it. Mm. And the changes that have taken place in my heart mm. only, only could be done through Jesus. Mm. Only. Um, I couldn't have a relationship. I couldn't, I couldn't have my family. I couldn't have um, the love that got restored in me. Um, I will wholeheartedly always offer it to anyone in need because mm -hmm. that's just where I'm at. Um, yeah. And uh, so there's a Bible verse that has kind of been my, uh, our, our uh, theme. Um, Psalms 41. Um, I patiently waited for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry, and he brought me up out of the pit of destruction. Amen. Out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. Amen. 
He put a new song in my mouth, song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and trust in the Lord. And then this one's for like everybody else. Um, if you think you're too far gone or whatever, like that's that's not right. Like God loves you no matter what. And it actually said that it's in uh, Romans eight thirty seven. Um, for I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Awesome. You guys ready? <laughs> uh, what's been so great about this relationship as well is how much especially Brian, obviously, will, will send me scriptures almost sometimes daily to encourage me in my walk. Who's supposed to be doing the encouraging here? It's the pastor's job. No, it's, it's our job. It's the family's job. And I just want to thank you guys for being so honest and vulnerable about coming out of addiction, about being real, about how Jesus was the one that made it happen. You know what I mean? It was him. It was him because something changed in both of your hearts Brian, you shared the story, remember before, how when you were locked up, you couldn't, you couldn't break addiction to heroin. But you told me the story, and it gripped my heart, where you said, I fasted and I prayed. If, if it worked then, it should work now. And you've never gone back. You've never gone back. You know, and since Jesus changed in your heart, Phoebe, you haven't gone back. Your heart stayed the same. And if anybody knows them, B.C., before Christ and after, you could attest to these things, how there's been a changed life here on both sides, and together, two lives becoming one. You guys ready? Ready to say I do? Okay, hold hands once again. <clears throat> Excuse me. You'll just simply answer I do to this part. Do you, Brian, take Phoebe to be your wife, to cherish in love and in friendship, in strength and in weakness, in success and in disappointment, to love her faithfully today, tomorrow, and for as long as you both shall live? I do. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Do you, sweet Feebalicious, <laughs> take B Huns to be your husband, to cherish in love and in friendship, in strength and in weakness, in success and in disappointment, to love him faithfully today, tomorrow, and for as long as you both shall live? I do. Come on, girl. <laughs> so at this time, we are going to exchange rings. It's getting real. <laughs> Hold Phoebes for a second. And I have here, I'll give it to you in just a moment, Phoebes. This, this ring here is a symbol. And that's what this, it's a symbol to remind us, all of us, I still wear mine, of what happened, okay, in our lives. And this moment is happening live. Live, live, and we didn't mess it up yet. Live, live before a viewing audience. Coming at you live with Brian and Phoebe, okay? But a symbol, a symbol of, un, of an unbroken circle of love. Love freely given has no beginning and no end, no giver and no receiver, for each is the giver and each is the receiver. May these rings always remind you of the vows you have taken, because you got a lot of people that remind you as well. Okay, and what do these, this inscription in Hebrew mean again, Brian? And they have become one flesh. Nice. Here you go, Phoebes. Okay, so Brian, as you place this ring on Phoebe's finger, repeat after me, my brother. You ready? Go for it. 
I give you this ring. I give you this ring. As a reminder. As a reminder. That I will love, honor, and cherish you. That I will love, honor, and cherish you. In all times. In all times. In all places. In all places. And in all ways. In all ways. Forever. Forever. Okay, Phoebe. Place that ring on Brian's finger and repeat after me. I give you this ring. I give you this ring. As a reminder. As a reminder. That I will love, honor, and cherish you. That I will love, honor, and cherish you. In all times. In all times. And in all places. In all places. And in all ways. Always. Let us pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this wonderful example we have today of your love. Your love that is a forgiving, a redeeming love that, that does not hold uh, an, an account of wrong that has been done, that does not bring up the past, but, but brings up redemption, forgiveness, and thinks of the future only. We thank you for that love today. Lord, and we thank you for Brian and Phoebe that they are publicly, publicly taking their faith public, but also, Lord, this relationship that they have in you as they are in a covenant relationship, not a contract that can be broken, but a covenant relationship between you, Lord, and all that are witnessing today. We thank you, God, and we love you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, throughout this ceremony, Brian and Phoebe have vowed in our presence to be loyal and loving towards each other. They have formalized the existence of the bond between them with words spoken. Doesn't this sound fun? Yeah. And the giving and receiving of rings. Oh, this is good. It's about to get good. Y'all ready for this? Therefore, come on, somebody. It is my pleasure, distinct pleasure, to now pronounce them husband and wife. Come on, somebody. Come on. Brian. Kiss your beautiful bride. Yes. Come on. Mm. So, hold on. Don't go anywhere yet, Broheem. Get beside that girl. Look out this way. Get beside that girl. I now present to you for the very first time, Mr. and Mrs. Brian Hundley. All right. So it, it is Brian and Phoebe's desire and wish, okay? That, that we would do something together that is, is very important to them, that, that is part of the vitality, that has helped them. They have been through a lot over this last year, and they've been honest with struggles, they've been real about failure and all that stuff. That's why we would pu publicly, without shame or honor, marry these folks because of how real they've been about their relationship, their struggles, and how good God is, okay? This is what the Foundry's about. But what they are about and what's so important to them is worship. And for them, in these tough times, when things were really just pushing against them and they felt like giving up, they'd worship together. And one of the songs they love, okay, and I love this, is actually Met by Love. And we're going to sing that to conclude today. And I want to challenge you during this time, they, they're going to be right up front here. 
If you would like to come up to them, because their goal, their reason for wanting to do it in front of the church and in front of everybody known to mankind possible is so that somebody, everybody will get to know Jesus firsthand. That's why. So they would more, yes, absolutely. Brian's daughters. So they would love for you, number one, to worship with them. But number two, if you have not found Jesus as your personal Savior yet, and you want to have an I was blind, but now I see moment two, listen, you don't have to be addicted to heroin for 17 years to need Jesus. Amen, Brian? Come on. If you don't have Jesus, you need Jesus. Because he'll change your life. He'll make you new. He'll change the atmosphere of everything if you make him Lord of your life. It's their desire for you to experience that. So if you want to come up during this song, they'll pray with you, right? Uh, We have other folks that will be up here as well. If you want to come up after, that's fine too. But the goal is this. Give the Lord lordship of your life. What does that mean? God, I know I've done things that have separated me from you. I know I've sinned. We all have. However, I'm asking for forgiveness of those sins, and I'm going to repent, which means I'm turning and walking a different direction toward you. Okay?